0: Hello podcast.
1: (laughs) Joining me (laughs) on the show today is master accessory maker and dancer with Visceral Dance Company, Chicago, (laughs) Samantha Weeks. Hey, Sam, how's it going?
0: Hello, Aiden. Thanks for having me on. It's such a pleasure.
1: I'm so glad you feel that way. I'm very happy you could come (laughs) on the show.
0: Yes, I'm so honored.
1: We went to school together. That's how we know each other shout out to Dominican for their BFA. Fun fact, when we're both super famous. (laughs) So in the years since school, you went back to um, our mutual hometown of Oak Park, and you've been working in Chicago as a dancer. And can you tell me just generally the story of how everything around March kind of pivoted for you?
0: Yeah, yeah. So... I would say, like growing up in Oak Park and just like the Chicago dance community in general is pretty um intertwined and small, and so obviously, like growing up, we had all heard about visceral and um kind of idolized their dancers to an extent. One of the girls actually in the company when I was in high school went to my studio growing up, and I was like, so oh, that's like, awesome. Yeah, I was so, like, I idolized her so much, and, like, every time she would come back to take class, I would just, like, watch her and try and emulate her style. Um, So going to college, obviously, the Chicago dance scene was always still in my brain, I would say. So once auditions came around, I was like, well, obviously, I'm definitely going to audition for Visceral. Yeah, and it just kind of, like, happened kind of organically, like... I went back a few times after the audition, because usually in the dance world, for people who don't know, directors like knowing their dancers, and they like, you know, building a relationship with them, because you like knowing who you're hiring. I think that goes in, like, pretty much any job, maybe. Actually, I don't know. I only know dance, but (laughs) it seems like something that would go...
1: (laughs) I mean, I would hope so, damn. Yeah,
0: it seems like something that should be, like... Uh intertwined into other jobs, but <laughs> maybe it's not I don't know
1: yeah. weirdly enough, though, I did get a job sight unseen in April for the food place that I was telling you about. Wow. I emailed them a resume, and then like like two months later, they went, Oh, you're hired, come in tomorrow, wow, and so
0: oh my gosh, I should have known
1: that that's. I should have known it would have been a bad job just off of that. But right. anyway, so true. you were talking about Nick.
0: Yeah, so he wanted me to come back a few times. So I was able to, luckily, my parents still live here. So I was able to easily come back for certain weekends and take class with Nick just to, you know, build a relationship with him. Um, And yeah, things kind of just happen organically. He emailed me, like, maybe May. And at that point, I had kind of, like... I don't know. I felt pretty confident in like the relationship that we were building. And I was like, I think I'm going to be working with him to some extent in some sort of capacity. So I was kind of plugging that into my brain that I'd be moving home. Yeah. And then he emailed me and said he wanted me to apprentice with the company. And I was just absolutely so excited. And it kind of just all started to fall in place.
1: Oh, good. You secure the bag with a dance job out of school. (laughs) Um, Kudos to you. Yes. And you uh, you move back home Mm -hmm. and you're dancing with Nick. And what were some of your favorite parts about the season pre-shutdown?
0: Oh, I just thought it was absolutely kind of a dream. Not to be dramatic, (laughs) (laughs) but... I don't know. Just like because my entire life I was like, this is what I wanted. Like I wanted to just be a part of a company and dance and perform. My biggest thing going out of school was like I need to be performing because I just Mm -hmm. love performing. And I don't know how you feel, but I think one of my favorite parts about Dominican was how often we got to perform.
1: Yeah, that is a really good point.
0: Yeah, because I feel like a lot of schools when I would talk to people, they'd be like, oh, yeah, like we had to audition for every show this that and the other and I'm like what oh
1: yeah yeah you're right. yeah
0: so that was my biggest thing for sure
1: it's great to have 11 people
0: yeah and yeah that was also the good thing is like honestly visceral just felt so much like school almost I feel like Dominican like prepared me so much because it was I mean our class was 11 people and then when I was dancing with visceral it was 11 people too so it was like such a weird parallel.
1: Yeah, that is a weird parallel, but it's a glowing recommendation to say I got hired and then this was exactly the same or close to the same. Uh, Do you feel like you were as involved in that active learning that is associated with a school environment or was it pretty decidedly a shift to I'm a professional, this is how I do it?
0: Wow, that's a good question. I would say, obviously, every day that I'm dancing, I'm learning, whether that be improv in my basement or, you know, taking a full-on ballet class. Like, every single second I'm dancing, I'm learning something new. I'm watching people. I learned so much from the older people in the company. They were really great, like, role models. Obviously, there is a level of professionalism there that's not in school, especially with shows and like after show culture and touring, traveling.
1: Yes, Mexico tour.
0: <laughs> yes, it was so fun. Yeah, I mean, there are definitely similarities, but also some differences that are pretty like special and cool too.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. And as you said, dances. Uh, industry where if you're not learning and growing, you're dying. So, a hundred percent. So, I mean, I'm so happy for you that that happened. And when I went to visit you, you seemed really happy with the company and everything. But it was actually pretty soon after we last saw each other that things kind of went to shit
0: yeah we all have
1: our own story around what happened and when were the moments that we knew things were getting bad and things were shutting down but could you tell us your version of the shutdown story
0: yeah um I like to think that I have this like really intense sixth sense about things like it's really dramatic but I just have always like I like thought this about myself that I like I know Mm -hmm. when things are going to happen and when they're not going to happen.
1: Oh, interesting. Um, So it's
0: really interesting when, I know, I'm honestly making a lot of this up in my head, but I like to think that this is how I am. (laughs) (laughs) But I remember, I remember when we were starting to learn pieces for our spring showcase at Visceral and i remember our like very first rehearsal cuz it was right when coronavirus started kind of getting, you know, a little bigger in the united states and we were starting rehearsals and the very first rehearsal i was going into it and it was so hard for me to remember the choreography because i had it in my head that like we weren't going to be doing the show. Does that make sense?
1: Wow, interesting. I mean, maybe not sense specifically, but that's such a clairvoyant moment
0: I know it was so weird like I remember the very first rehearsal that we started learning the pieces for the new show coming up I was like I really don't think we're going to be doing this show like something in the back of my head was telling me like and it was so hard for me to learn the choreography because of that obviously I was still learning and actively participating but
1: yes of course
0: it was like it was so it was so bizarre and then I remember we like had a conversation about it And obviously no one wanted to stop dancing. Like, we all wanted to keep coming to rehearsals. My friend Megan was like, uh, I remember it was like, it was like Sunday day. I think the shutdown was announced on like a Friday. So restaurants started shutting down, I think, on Friday. Mm -hmm. And that was like the first kind of thing where people were like, whoa, wait, what? And so I was telling, you know, my friends and I was like, I really don't think we're going to be coming in on Monday. Like, I highly doubt we're coming in. And I remember my friend Megan, she was like, no, we're definitely going in. We're definitely going in. Like, we're not. No, there's no way. We're still having rehearsal. And then Sunday night, after the Friday restaurant shutdown, Sunday night, Nick emailed us and he was like, we're taking a two week hiatus. And I was like, I knew it. Gotcha. I knew it. Yeah, You knew it.
1: And there I go again. Knowing. And there I go again. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and so, has it been that two weeks has become four weeks has become indefinite? Correct. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes. How, over the course of how many weeks would you say it went from, oh, we have to take a break. Maybe this will blow over and we can have spring season to, oh, I'm not going to have a dance job this year? <laughs>
0: Nick is extremely like positive. So he was very mm-hmm. he was just always like, We're taking it one day at a time, like we'll see what happens, we'll see what happens. So yeah, I don't think there was ever a moment I mean there still hasn't been a moment where he's like, We're not having like we're done. Mm-hmm. You know?
1: Oh. Wow. So Okay. Um Yeah. That is so I think admirable. he's just
0: he's ready to start whenever. Oh yeah. Good. Yeah.
1: It really helps that Visceral owns the building that they were hurt in too right that's yeah. huge yeah have you gotten any indication now that illinois is kind of opening back up that things could be on the horizon or
0: not yet but we'll see what happens
1: okay fair <laughs> enough
0: i'm i'm having it in my head just because i don't want to be like overly disappointed i'm having it in my head that you know, everyone in Chicago, like a lot of Chicago companies have announced that they're not going to start until January. I'm having it in my head that we're going to start in January. And for now, I'm just a restaurant server. Like that's what's in my head right now. I'm not a dancer right now, just a server. (laughs) So I'm just like focusing (laughs) on that. Well, you
1: are not just a Uh, server by any means, which is why I wanted to bring you on the show. So Visceral shuts down and I assume you're just kind of down in the dumps. Uh, Mm -hmm. When did you start to kind of put together these new pieces of your life? And I mean, you were at the server job before, correct?
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I started last summer.
1: Did that shut down for a while too?
0: Yes. Yeah. So I was just like in my house pretty much doing nothing. (laughs) Gotcha. the The first little chunk.
1: Yeah. I everyone did their fair share of that and so where in that doing nothing did the idea for revival co come from
0: it's funny because my sister like just brought up the moment the other day so we were (laughs) we were just you know watching our probably fifth tv series no big deal And I mean, we've always been so into accessories and so into thrifting and so into like crafting and stuff like that. So I remember one day I was just sitting on the couch and I was like, we should just like make purses. And I think that's almost exactly how I said it. I was like, let's make a purse, like just for fun.
1: So it started with just one.
0: Yes. Yeah. It started with like, oh, like. I think we can make a purse pretty easily. Like, let's try. And we were doing it like for us. Like we weren't even thinking about selling it. We just wanted to like make a purse with our old jeans. I I actually had, so there was a pair of jeans that didn't fit me anymore. And I was going to thrift it or I was going to like donate it to Goodwill. And I pulled them out and I was like, let's make a bag out of this. And she was like, okay. So we made one and it was horrible. Like it was so ugly. (laughs) But I was mm-hmm. like, this is interesting. Like, that was my first time using a sewing machine, was making that jean bag. Um, And I was like, well, if this is my first one, like, it can only get better. And then we just started. And then it was actually Natalie's idea to sell them. Because I was just doing it, like, for fun. I was like, yeah, like, I can always have another bag. I can always have another accessory. <laughs> Let's make one. But yeah, and then it was her idea. She's like, we should sell these. I was like, oh, okay, sure.
1: <laughs> <laughs> as simple as that, then.
0: Yeah, kind of. It kind of just started happening and happening. And Natalie's always been very driven. So once she had this idea, like to start selling them, like I wasn't fully on board at first. I was kind of like, that sounds like a lot of work. (laughs) (laughs) But she was like, let's do it. Like it'll be so nice. Oh, it is. Yeah. Yeah. But it's definitely worth it, especially since we weren't doing anything. We weren't working. I wasn't dancing so we needed something to occupy our time. Yeah,
1: yeah. And of course, when you are going for gorgeous, vintage, one-of-a-kind pieces, it takes time and effort. Can you tell me, how did you decide to focus on upcycling and uh, making sustainable or reused accessories?
0: Yeah. Um, So it started with that, honestly, that one pair of jeans. And I was like, jean accessories are so trendy and cool I feel like Mm -hmm. and it's just like my interpretation of what's trendy and cool I obviously am not not an expert but (laughs) but
1: you do have vision yeah it
0: started with that yeah I like to think that I do yeah it started with that one pair of jeans and we made like a few things out of it and we're like this is pretty cool so then we just we were kind of running with the idea of using stuff that we already had primarily because we couldn't go out and buy stuff because we were quarantined
1: oh yeah that makes a ton of sense
0: yeah so that's kind of how it started to be honest was like using what we had to at our immediate disposal in our house
1: gotcha okay
0: yeah and then and then we were like but wait sustainability is incredibly important like
1: yes preach.
0: So then we started kind of researching it more and like realizing that something that we just randomly started doing was actually like a very important message. So we got really excited about that.
1: And it, it shows in your advertising and in the pieces that you make, especially with donating to various charities for the past couple months. And mm-hmm. do you have mm-hmm. like a kind of unifying aesthetic
0: Definitely not really. (laughs) Okay.
1: (laughs) Since you're using, you know, found objects and whatever you have on hand, that kind of makes sense.
0: Right, right. So I think what our quote unquote aesthetic would be is just stuff that we ourselves would wear. Gotcha. Not to sound like elitist in the sense that like. Oh, everyone should be wearing what we wear, but like in the sense that <laughs> we want to be like we want to be so obsessed with our items that it we would wear every single one of them.
1: Have there been any that you're super sad to part with yet?
0: Oh, 100%. For sure. There were a few that we thrifted From our most recent collection, the Crocodile Collection. Mm -hmm. And there were a couple that I was like, I literally can't sell this. I'm obsessed with this bag. (laughs) And then I remember my very first bag that I made, like, by hand from scratch, was this patchwork jean bag, like, structured. Mm -hmm. And I was so obsessed with it. I documented, like, the whole process because I wanted to add it as a highlight on our our Instagram. Uh Uh-huh. And so I got so attached to it because I was documenting the entire process. It was almost like documenting like a pregnancy or something, which sounds so dramatic. (laughs) (laughs) But that's that's how it felt. I know, that's how it felt. Like I was documenting the whole thing from start to finish. I painted it. I did every last touch on it, added the zipper, the lining. And that was the very first bag to sell. Oh wow. Which was like kind of emotional for me. I know. When we launched it was the very first like item that sold.
1: Well, first of all, it's so great that these are selling. Like yeah. when I saw the page start, I was like, "Oh, this is such a cool idea. I really hope that they can generate an audience and get people to buy them." And so when it started looking like things were moving, I was just like, "Yes, go Sam." <laughs>
0: Thanks. That's so nice.
1: How have you been marketing it and trying to find buyers for these pieces? I know you're active on Instagram, but...
0: Yeah, I would say that our main marketing strategy right now is Instagram. And that definitely needs to change. Because just having one little pinhole like audience is not necessarily good. But at the same time, we are getting some good reach for now with Instagram. We're hoping to sell to people that aren't just our friends because that's.
1: Has it mostly been family and friends lately?
0: It's yes, it's mostly been family and friends, but there is like a slightly growing percentage of like friends of friends. So like that's kind of exciting because. Gotcha. They don't want to support us because we're friends with them. They want to support us because they like what we're doing. So that's exciting.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, even with your near and dear friends, they're not particularly inclined to give their money right, to you for no right. reason anyway. So I'm very happy that your friend group has stepped up and yeah. has been rocking the looks, seeing the pictures on Instagram. Of uh, people buying them, I'm just like, "Ooh, okay,
0: yeah, That's yeah,
1: cute. I could see that in a lot of outfits.
0: That's nice, Thank you, Aiden.
1: You're welcome. I mean, <laughs> you need to come out with like a merce line so I can get something yeah, for we've
0: gotten actually a lot of requests for a male line for really like really
1: interesting, yeah, we
0: actually have like at least okay. six different people, I would say.
1: Ooh, maybe if you found like a leather sort of something, you could do like armbands or I don't know. You're the designer. Yeah,
0: (laughs) that's a good idea. Literally next week, we're going to have like 10 armbands out now.
1: (laughs) Yes, I did it. That's the whole reason I wanted you on. (laughs) (laughs) Can you tell me about your latest collection that you're working on, the hand-painted pieces?
0: Yeah, so we're really excited about this one, primarily because we both love painting. We used a few items that we already had for this, like items that we had our moment with, mm-hmm. time to part, but want to repurpose it to make it beautiful for someone else. Um, so that's really exciting. Oh,
1: that's great. Yeah, yeah. So it's a reusing of an upcycle already.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's
1: a really creative way to use the ones that don't sell in the first round.
0: Yeah, yeah and it also just like when we finish something like sometimes it's not ever finished and we want to keep like seeing what we can do to make it more special you know
1: oh sure yeah
0: so yeah we're really excited about the hand-painted collection because it has a nice cohesion and that they're all hand painted but they're all just so unique and special so
1: nice um so you teased a hair clip could you yeah. give me an idea of what sorts of items will be on offer very soon? Yeah, sure.
0: So we have a couple of hair clips. We have a few, I would say three or four purses. Um, we have a couple coin purses and a few pairs of earrings that are all using some sort of paint.
1: Nice. Yeah. Do you like divide up what sorts of pieces that you're making? Are you the purse person and Natalie is the earring person or have you been dabbling in everything?
0: Yeah, we've all been dabbling in everything. And also Natalie's friend, Olivia Pope, is also primarily making earrings, but also some bags too.
1: Okay, gotcha. So it's the free. Did she come on later after it had already become a company or...
0: No, she was, yeah, we were, it was the three of us from the beginning. It was mainly Natalie's idea, and then she, like, kind of recruited the two of us, almost.
1: <laughs> gotcha. Okay. But... Who are some of your personal style inspirations?
0: Oh, that's a good question. I like taking inspiration from literally everyone. Like, mainly people on the street, I would say. Oh,
1: interesting. Interesting so yeah. you're a so people I don't have any
0: oh a hundred percent a hundred percent I love watching people and seeing like how they style things like how they pair things together and I would say yeah I, I don't think there's any like few like specific people that jumps to my mind right away I think it's just a hybrid of a lot of different people. I mean, my friends, I get a lot of inspiration from magazines. But yeah, primarily people watching, honestly, there have been times where I see someone walking down the street, and I see something they're wearing. And then I go literally hunt and try and find something that's similar to that. Because <laughs> I'm like, I'm obsessed that's awesome. with this style. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's so great that you have that openness to take in something around you and just say, that's the next one. I got to do it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's just kind of fun. Yeah,
1: definitely. And whether this starts paying your bills or not, it is important that it's fun for you the whole time. So what have you learned since you started this whole journey? It's been three months now?
0: Yeah, I would say so. I think it's about about three months. Um, I would say I've learned so much about sustainability and like the sustainability Mm. culture. Um, I've learned so much about business, which I never thought I would ever say (laughs) because it's never (laughs) really been on my brain, you know? Sure. Yeah. Just the whole business aspect of it was crazy. Natalie really took the lead on that. She was very good at figuring everything out yeah it's it's honestly crazy and just like even simple things like well obviously I learned how to use a sewing machine too
1: that's so important I've learned
0: a lot <laughs> yeah <laughs> sewing machine I've learned how to make bags I've learned how to like make them last as well so like there are lots of techniques that you can use to you know for instance heat set paint so that it doesn't crack or chip I've learned, you know, just about having a brand and a brand message. Um, I've also learned not to be really, like, self-conscious about putting stuff out, which is, yeah, it's pretty important, but it's also really hard to overcome.
1: (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) These five or six episodes that I've done of this have very much taught me the same thing. Yeah. Do you feel your confidence growing, though, from like that first bag to now of like, oh, I can put together 20 oh, pieces? Oh, for
0: sure. For sure. I'm sure it's similar to how you feel, too. Like, I feel like every episode you get more like in a groove and you're like, OK, I got this.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think little things get easier each time and then overall it builds up to a better thing. But right. on the whole, I mean, I'm still kind of like, oh, OK, what do I do? I told people I'm doing this. so All I- right. All right, we're doing this.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a big thing too, is keeping it going, you know?
1: Totally. And I like the way that your brand has functioned in terms of you have these rounds of pieces that drop. So Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you can, you know, build expectation and get people excited. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like, it's not constantly having to keep up. It's when we decide to release a collection, right. we can do it.
0: Exactly, yeah. That seems to be the most like sustainable business model for us right now.
1: Yeah, definitely. So
0: we're keeping that going for now. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: where do yeah. you see the future of this going, if you have any idea?
0: That is a great question, Aiden. <laughs> and all I have to say to that is... I have absolutely no idea.
1: <laughs>
0: <Sure>. <laughs> I love but it. But just kidding. I do. I, just kidding. I do have a little bit of an idea. So we have been interested, like kind of from the start about collaborating with people mm-hmm. and promoting, putting other sustainable brands that kind of fit our vision on our website because websites are pretty tricky like to start and it's just like a whole process you have to pay money blah 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 blah. so we were thinking about yeah collaborating with people and selling their brand brands that we believe in on our website i mean goals of course are just to like get more reach and get you know like i want to send a package overseas like that would be so sick
1: that would be so sick (laughs)
0: The shipping would be hella expensive, but, you know.
1: Yeah, pay for quality.
0: Exactly. I
1: mean, yeah, it is very difficult to see where anything is going to go right now. But uh, moving forward, do you see it as like a... Do you see it as something that you're doing for now and we'll see how it goes? Or is it something that's kind of taking root as a potential alternate career or part of a career?
0: Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's like taking each day as it comes, but it's also like, it makes me very excited to kind of diversify my own portfolio to an extent. Just having a good, you know, business model and having a good like background in marketing is important for every aspect of your life. So I would say if anything, if this doesn't continue in the future, it has taught me so much about how to, about what I love, first of all, like expanding expanding hobbies and interests, but it's also taught me that I don't just kind of have to do one thing. And that's, you know, kind of exciting.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, I've always known that you are super smart and can do 50 million things oh, if you want to. Is there anything from your... Um, experience as a dancer that you feel like you really carry with you going into this, and even your server job, which we shouldn't, you know, neglect to say is part of your life right now and helping you yeah. out. And yeah, that's real. Mm-hmm. But yeah, are there any moments throughout the day, even though you're not being a dancer right now, that you really connect with? That's something I learned from dance.
0: Hmm. Well, I would say obviously creativity is a huge, huge part of both dance and revival definitely and i would say not like thinking inside the box too which i kind of goes with creativity but like always trying to push it and push it further and push it further and push it further and and reimagine things and redo things like have a vision for something Mm -hmm. like seeing something and getting really excited about transforming it like that a lot of that stems from dance too yeah for instance, when I'm in a thrift store and I see something from, like, it feels like a mile away and I'm like, I need <laughs> that. Like, I know exactly <laughs> what to do with you. And I run across the thrift store and I'm like, yep, here we go. <laughs> Similarly to, you know, when you see, like, a piece of choreography and you're like, yep, that's exactly it. I know just what to do. Yeah. Let's, let's get this going.
1: Definitely. So that's,
0: that's Yeah. That's a big similarity, I would
1: say. Yeah, I've been trying to find those moments more and more to, you know, just make me remember and feel like, oh, because I'm a dancer, I'm able to react like this or I'm drawn to these sorts of things. So it feels good. Mhm. Mm-hmm. So this just connected for me. You must be doing all the photography for the Instagram page, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, I am.
1: I know that you are very much into photography and have always been finding ways to practice. But I am really impressed with some of the shots, like the bag that you had with the sort of cloud design and you put the mirror with the sky so that it would reflect and kind of blend in. That was like such a good little choice. And I was like, yes.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you. I'm glad you like noticed.
1: Totally. Was photography something that you had already been messing around with again since you were stuck in your house? Or did you look at your toolkit when the company was coming together and went, oh, I can take that?
0: Definitely looked at the toolkit, for sure.
1: (laughs) Okay. Yeah.
0: I love photography. I've always loved photography. I've always loved capturing moments capturing people so kind of when this all started I was like well of course I'm going to be taking pictures like obviously like that just was kind of my role you know I can't remember the last time like photography started to almost feel like a chore for me I never fell out of love with photography but I definitely kind of distanced myself from it for a bit just because it was never like my outlet for my creativity just kind of just became dance almost by default and so in my free time, I was like, well, I don't need that outlet anymore. Like, I don't have time. I don't have, like, the mental capacity, the artistic space in my brain. So, yeah. So it was it was nice to kind of be doing that again. I would say, though, that product shots are so much different from, like, creative and, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Just, like, create, yeah, just creative fooling around photography which is what I was used to. I I always found myself kind of focusing on like the picture and not focusing on, Oh, the product needs to be the center of attention here. Like I just wanted to get like an interesting shot, you know? So it's like so different. I would say it's almost the difference between commercial versus like concert. Interesting.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
0: Commercial is more the showy, like, it's this very specific purpose almost like, you know exactly what it is. And then concert is oftentimes like leaves you thinking and pondering about things. So that's kind of a little bit of a parallel there.
1: Yeah. And it doesn't have to have that frontal appeal to it of like, ah, that looks so cool. Exactly. It can afford to give you a little more discomfort and say that looks interesting
0: exactly yeah
1: i thought of this when we were talking about before we started recording thinking about the family dynamic what are the best and worst parts about working with your sister
0: oh (laughs) (laughs) i would say no the best parts are definitely that we know how to communicate we know what each other likes we know what's what's like trendy for both of us. So we usually like agree on visions,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: which is pretty cool. We like bouncing ideas off of each other. We like starting it. Like I start a bag, she finishes it. She starts a bag, I finish it. We paint the same thing together. We like, it has a very organic creative flow. And then obviously the hardest part would be like, you're working with your sister. Like, of course you're going to get into arguments. Sure. We also had, especially at the beginning, very different visions of what we wanted the company to look like. I wasn't formatting in my head that it would be a big shop. I was just anticipating like a small like, oh, sending stuff to friends, like a very casual experience. But she was like, no, we have to go full throttle here. Obviously, I'm glad we did. I'm glad I listened to her. But yeah, I mean, there's just like little things that obviously you're going to butt heads on with your sister. But at the end of the day, it's mostly getting along and mostly uh, having a good work environment.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I am super glad to hear that, especially because you're still sharing house. So that could get thorny. Yeah. But I mean, I am personally really impressed by the success that you have and by the quality of. Everything that's been coming out, I would love to get my hands on one and be feeling it. So when yeah. you come out with that men's line, I will be yeah. in line for Sounds everyone good. listening. uh Where can we find your fabulous accessories?
0: Oh, okay. So our website is revivalco.shop. I'll spell that out: mm-hmm. r e v i v a l c o dot shop s h o p revivalco.shop.
1: Gotcha you heard it
0: you you heard it here first folks (laughs) (laughs) and then you can follow us on instagram at revival co and that's going to be revival underscore co underscore
1: well sam thank you so much for taking the time to come talk to me about everything you're doing yeah um i wish you all the best and thanks for coming on the show
0: thanks so much for having me it was so fun
1: Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening to the show. I have great news. We are now on Apple Podcasts. So please go over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe to Starving Art Podcast. And uh, be sure to rate it and share it with your friends and let the world know that I am out here doing my thing. If you want to Keep up with the show, uh, hear about any new episode releases, and get some behind the scenes info about the process of creating the show and hear more about the figures that I talk about. You can follow me on Instagram at starvingartpod. Thank you for listening, and I hope that you gather some strength and encouragement from the work that I'm doing. Talk to you soon.